Hey guys, you are listening to The John McWater Show. Today on the show, we have a very exciting episode, and we're going to start right off with government facts, the segment in which we tell you a random fact about the United States government or many other governments across the globe. Uh, government fact. The Constitution of the United States does not require the Speaker of the House to be an elected member of the House. A non-member has never been chosen. That is Government Facts, the segment in which we tell you a random fact about our government or governments abroad. Uh, we're going to be jumping really quickly into In the News, and I have a little bit of a, a soapbox stand on this one. Uh, this comes with the news that Apple and iOS 16 is going to be adding the functionality to edit and delete messages after they're sent. Uh, this We're going to tie this back into the episode Kermit and Snapchat, with kind of a, a critique I have on... Uh, social media and the way that's changed how we communicate uh one of the biggest things i hate about social media is a platform snapchat because i think the fact that the messages disappear after they're seen or 24 hours what have you it has enabled people to be very abusive in the way that they communicate with people they say things that they wouldn't otherwise say because they know they'll disappear um i do not like it uh you know one of the things about the way that we communicate face-to-face is that once words are said, you cannot take them back. Um, It is hard to prove that someone actually said those words, but they have been said and you can't deny You cannot honestly deny that they were said, but Snapchat makes it really easy. Uh, With regular text messages, emails, letters, etc., if you say something, it is said. There's no taking it back. I think that's how it should be if we're going to be submitting something to the electronic record. Um, I do understand the desire to want to edit messages for clarity, or fix grammar mistakes, like I get that. Like there's good things and there's bad things to both sides of this issue. But as a whole, I really do not like the idea of being able to edit or delete text messages after they're sent. Now I will say Apple is doing something pretty good with it and the guidelines in which they're allowing you to do it. Uh, You, they're only allowing you to edit messages up to 15 minutes after they're sent, which can still be abused. And I imagine will still be abused. I know the nature of teenagers, uh, humans generally, they will be abusive and manipulative as much as they can. Um, But with the 15 minutes to edit, you can't go back and just redact whole histories of things that were said between you uh, just because you changed your mind on the issue. And I think that's good. Uh, Same with deleting of messages. Uh, You can only delete a message after it's sent up to two minutes after it was sent so like i said you can't just retroactively go back and scrub the record from a conversation several days later you have to do it pretty quickly so i guess that's you know that's pretty sensible i think apple is usually pretty intentional with its designs when it does stuff like this um it's allow it's allowing this feature for the purpose of functionality because i've sent messages that i've gone back and had to edit uh, and changed before or posted things on the internet because I made grammatical mistakes or I mistyped something or what have you. And I like that. But, uh, you know, even though I am prone to use and abuse this functionality, I don't think it's a good thing. Um, and I think that the way that Apple's approaching it, it, it is a good thing. So yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at on this news story about the ability to add and uh, to edit and delete text messages. I don't like it. I really don't. Um, from a moral standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I mean, it's pretty cool. I send so many messages a day that I have random spelling errors in because my spell check is broken um, or grammar stuff or I'll accidentally uh, send things to the wrong person. I'll be like, oops, I didn't mean this for you. And the ability to delete those messages would be nice, but I'm just warning you, there's going to be a fair amount of abuse with this. I know how humans work. 
Uh, that is our In the News today, and we're going to do a quick media review. Uh, this is album by independent artist Q. It is the Shave Experiment EP and then the Shave Experiment Director's Cut. I'll be more specifically talking about the EP, the Shave Experiment. The Director's Cut has many bonus tracks on it. I don't have a whole lot of history listening to that version of it, but I have listened to the Shave Experiment regular old EP. It's got uh, five tracks on it, and I don't love every track on this album, but... It is an album that is written and directed pretty much exclusively by Q. He's one of the only writers on this, and with that, it really reflects his artistic vision. Um, when there's really only one voice on it, it is prone to being a little unfocused and stuff. And, you know, at times it is, but I think it's allowing for a great degree of expression. Um, it's fresh music. It's not like anything you've really ever heard. Um it's not refined. It's just a very nice, like, experimental, alternative, jazzy, R&B kind of vibe. I like it quite a bit. My favorite song on the track is probably Alone. I know a lot of people really like Take Me Where Your Heart Is. Garage Rooftop's pretty good, but it's a, it's a pretty good EP. Uh, go check out The Shave Experiment by Q. Which brings me to the chefery section. Uh, today on the chefery section, we're actually not going to be talking about a cooking technique as much as we're going to be talking about my favorite thing about cooking, that is uh, kitchen knives, specifically sharp kitchen knives. Uh, I have myself a little bit of a collection at this point. I started out with one chef knife that I was given for Christmas, and then I quickly acquired another one. And then quite accidentally, I acquired another chef knife when I bought in a set that came with a paring knife and then um, a four-inch utility knife. And uh, I subscribed to an, uh, an internet subscription box service, and this month's version was a chefing knife and a paring knife, and I was like, you know what? Heck, I like chef knives. So I, I like chef knives. I have a very nice collection, but one thing that's really important to me is that they got to be sharp. I don't know if you've ever been cooking with dull knives. Um, it's not fun, um, and with that, I kind of want to explain some of the mechanics of sharpening. Uh, there are two different things. There's sharpening and then, then there's honing. And we're all very familiar with the honing rods. It's, it's like a, you imagine a, a wooden handle with like a metal or ceramic stick sticking out of it. You know, people, uh, conceive that when you're using that, you're sharpening the knife. What you're actually doing is you're not sharpening the knife as much as, um, over time with usage, your blade will take very slight bends and it'll like get folded in on itself a little bit on the edge. What you're doing when you're using the honing knife is you're actually straightening out the blade so that it has the least amount of friction as possible with that uh, it's really important to do this almost every time you use your knives because you want to make sure you have a straight as edge as possible because if you don't have a straight edge that moves in as you know, straight of line as possible you're going to be causing yourself a lot of difficulties and a lot of issues but it doesn't actually sharpen the knife the only way to sharpen the knife is if you're removing uh, material like with a whetstone or a grinder um, i personally have a whetstone collection i need to get a better whetstone collection uh, but the process of sharpening your knives, um, it's not hard. You just kind of got to, you got to figure it out. It, usually you start with a lower grit stone, say like um, an 800 or a 1500. And you run that over, uh, over, you run the blade on both sides over that knife anywhere from like 12 to 25 times. And then you move up to finer grits, uh, like your 15s, your t uh, 2000s, your 2500s, your 3000s, up to, you know, these whetstones go infinitely like very very fine grit um and it's that process of going through the whetstones um periodically will get you an incredibly sharp knife and incredibly sharp knives are a joy to use it's actually one of my favorite things about cooking uh because it allows you to like just enjoy really good really nice tools so my chefry tip for the day is uh sharpen your knives people it it's 
not hard to figure out. Once you figured out, there's lots of useful equipment on the internet that you can buy that'll make it very easy for you. Um, but like, you can't go wrong with some whetstones and a knife. Uh, that being said, once you sharpen your knives, you have to be careful with them because they are sharp, they will cut you easier. But what I found is when you have a dull knife, um, specifically one with a, a slightly warped edge, it's not gonna behave how it's supposed to in the uh, thing that you're cutting. It's gonna travel in different directions. It's not gonna go down in a relatively straight knife. It's not gonna slice through it. So you have like a, a possibility of like seriously hurting yourself because the knife isn't functioning as such. So yeah, sharpen your knives, practice um, safe knife care, um, don't forget to choke up on the blade with a chef knife. Uh, a lot of people think that when you use chef knives, you just hold it by the handle. Now you're supposed to put like a finger and a thumb on the, on the bevel of the blade on the backside, obviously not the, not the actual edge, uh, right in front of the handle. It gives you greater control, precision, etc. That's uh, how the knife's designed to be used. That's why they're so, um, wide, so to speak. Uh, yeah, sharpen your knives. And with that, we're gonna jump into listener questions. Uh, today we have a selection from Alex. He asks, "What are what is your worst pet peeves? Be honest, because we all have them. Uh, thank you, Alex, for asking. And this is gonna go, one of mine goes back to the chef section. I hate, I hate cooking with dull knives. I can't stand it. It is so bad that whenever I go on vacation, assuming I'm not flying or anywhere, I take my kitchen knives with me because I cannot be asked to cook with like rental house knives. If you've ever tried nine times out of 10, the knife selection in, in like your rental house, or your vacation home, it's gonna be terrible. And I understand it. They don't wanna staff it with nice knives. People might try to steal them. But like, yo, I hate it. I cannot stand it. It is the absolute worst. It's terrible. Um, and then my next pet peeve is when people make fun of you for things that are completely out of your control. Um, you know, I get it when someone wants to make fun of you for things that are in your control. Like say you showed up uh, looking like uh, a mess, you didn't take a shower, you smell, and people want to make fun of you for that. I get that. You could have avoided that. But for things that are like completely out of your control, like say you're short, or say that a uh, circumstance that forced you into doing something that you didn't really want to do, um, I just don't, I, I don't like being made fun of for things that are out of my control. It bothers me. It makes me angry. Uh, and then we'll, we'll just throw in one more pet peeve on this one. Um... I tend to pause in between thoughts when speaking, especially when I'm trying to elucidate a larger point. There will be breaks in that. And one thing that really annoys me is when I pause for a second to collect my thoughts and my breath, someone interprets that as a stopping point, And then they take the statement that I've made thus far and start arguing against that. When it, when oftentimes the introductory statement I'll be giving to you is really just something that I'm going to expand upon. Or heck, I might be even contradicting. Like say, talking about social media, I open up with something like, yeah, you know, I don't really like social media. It's just like a giant cesspool of disaster. And then someone just jumps with that and then immediately starts attacking the notion when if they would have waited long enough for me to say like, yeah, but you know, there's a lot of other good things about social media that is out there. Um, I like try to have like balanced opinions and it really bothers me when someone interrupts me mid train of thought to take one half of those opinions or arguing against that. And which really they're just making points that I was going to say anyway, but it, it just irritates me. So uh, that's my uh, pet peeves for you, Alex. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the John McWater Show. As always, you can find us uh, on Google, 
Apple, uh, Spotify, Anchor. We are expanding new platforms every week. Uh, you can also find us at our email, which is thejohnmcwatershow at gmail.com. Again, thejohnmcwatershow at gmail.com. Our Instagram, which is at thejohnmcwatershow. Uh, and uh, you can submit questions to us. If you want your question to be featured on the podcast, you can submit it to us on our and Spotify through the comment section. You can uh, submit it to our email and you can also submit one to our Instagram page. We periodically will be posting, um, posting comment boxes throughout the week for y'all to submit your questions to. Uh, thank you for listening and y'all have a great weekend.